Father God, again, I thank you for this morning and just um, for your blessings this year, for your favor this year, God, and for your provision and for who you are. Father, we thank you for just the the opportunity to be able to gather this morning, God, and um, for your provision that you've made for that, God. And I just, uh, Father, as we come into this time, I just pray that you would uh, be our sustainer, that you would help us to focus, Father, that we would, um, Father, be able to receive all that you would have for us, God, and that, Father, that you would be pleased um, by our worship this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name.
dancing, you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me.
Let the mountains and the oceans say your name And let the silence and every sound speak your words And let your heart beat and my fear break away Cause you speak louder than my doubts and my pain
There's been two prayers that have burned in my heart since the early days of my salvation. The prayer out of Matthew 5 for spiritual hunger. And the prayer out of Matthew 5 where Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Caught a vision in my early days. God, I want to see you above everything else. God, I want to jealously guard my heart. Whatever I look at would create a holy environment in my soul and that I would save that sacred space for God. I would pray Psalm 24 where David says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? said clean hands he who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol he shall receive blessing from the Lord and you said this is Jacob the generation of those that seek you that seek your face and we cried from my early days God I want to be amongst a generation that would have clean hands pure hearts no idols and that would see your face I live in a generation to where perversion is paraded openly on our televisions and on our billboards and in our magazines and all over the culture screaming our sights and images and voices saying look at me drink of me take into me Father, I confess, God, that I haven't I haven't guarded this space like I should, like I've been called to. God, I've looked at things I shouldn't. I've entertained thoughts that I shouldn't. And today I come before you, God, and I ask you for forgiveness. God, I live in a generation bombarded with the spirit of perversion inundated with the spirit of immorality from every avenue, God. A generation where pornography is screaming, coming after them. God, I ask you to set them free today. Friend, I don't know where you're at or to what degree you're in bondage to the power of perversion. But I want you to lift your eyes today. I want you to know there is a hope and mercy in his eyes. And he is the man of zealous, fiery zeal to set you free from all toleration of immorality. There's deep fire that burns in his eyes for you. And the fire in his eyes will consume all perversion, all immorality in your soul. Just look at it. Let the fire in his eyes burn away. Cleanse you. 
remove everything that can be removed. Look at it. Ask him today that his hatred of perversion would become yours. And that his love for holiness would become yours. Give us your holiness today, Jesus. Give us your love for righteousness today, Jesus. Right now, look at him. Right now, I want you to join with me. Look at him and just confess it right now before sin, before him. I don't care how in bondage you are, how enslaved you are to perversion. Look at him. God, we confess it as sin right now before your throne. We were made for the worship of the only true God. We confess it as sin right now. And we ask for the blood of Jesus. The blood shed at Calvary to wash over us from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. Jesus, we want our thoughts to be clean. Our emotions to be clean. Our desires to be clean. Wash us, Jesus. receive your forgiveness I believe that the power of your blood is stronger than my most shameful sin in the name of Jesus we shut every door to darkness we turn away from every thing, every person everything that would steal affection for you we turn and we shut the door in Jesus name we break agreement with darkness today we sever every tie with darkness today and today we open up new doors doors of light doors of truth doors of encounter in the name of Jesus Satan, we declare it, that your power is broken in Jesus' name. You are not our master, but Jesus is our master. Now, friend, right now, just lift your hands to him. Look your father in the face. Look your, your bridegroom in the face. We ask right now, Father, wash us. Give us the spirit of revelation. We want to see him the way you see him. We want to love him the way you love him. Father, I pray for all those across the earth bound by the power of pornography, immorality, and perversion. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for them today. Release your mercy, your eyes of compassion. Release your power right now that you would set them free in Jesus' name. I take authority over every work of, of darkness, every work of Satan, and I break your power in Jesus' name. And I declare freedom to those who are in bondage, those who are enslaved. I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. Say, let my people go in the name of Jesus. 
Let my people go. Come out of your prisons. Loose the grave clothes from around you. Loose the bonds from around your neck. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Worship your God. Worship your King. Release it all over the earth, Jesus, we pray. Jesus for your truth we thank you father that your truth sets us free your word says God that he who the son has set free is free indeed and I pray oh God that we would know that to be true in our lives God father we would not continue to be entangled by the sin God that so easily entangles us. Your word says that we can throw it off. And I pray, God, that we would. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a, a deeper desire and a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, for right living. Father, that you would draw us unto yourself, Lord, and that we would look upon you Jesus we would set our gaze upon you and that Father our lives would honor you I pray God as we open your word today Father that we would be encouraged Father as we look toward a new year a new season I pray, God, that this past year would not continue to define us. But I pray, God, that we would set aside all the distractions, the chaos, the insecurities, the sin. And that as we enter into this new year, Father, we would be defined by your truth. We would be defined by freedom. That we would be defined by maturing in Christ. We thank you for this, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Psalm 34 is where we're heading, verse 14. A new year is upon us. And I want to encourage us that this verse would be our verse for this year. A short verse, memorize it, 
write it out, get it in front of you every day. Psalm 34, verse 14, reads, Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and maintain it. The hope, you all, that we have as Christians. If you're sitting here today and you're a Christian, you have this hope that is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. The very one in whom you've given your life to. It can't just be words. It just can't be something that you say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, and I live like one. That's not how it works. When you give your life to Christ, you have now given Him the Lordship over your life. You have received His great salvation. Jesus says, as we know and we've heard, peace I give you, peace I leave with you. And that peace, if you've been around here long enough, you know, means nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing missing, nothing broken. There's a wholeness that comes. There's a healing that comes from being in Christ. In and of ourselves, apart from Him, we can do nothing. We will live however we want. We will go our way and we will do evil. That is our nature. But when we see our need for our Savior, when we get a, an understanding of His great love for us, you all, that He knows our condition. He knows that apart from Him, we are in complete rebellion. And yet He still comes. And yet He still day in and day out reveals himself to us, drawing us to himself. He begins this work in us. I've told you all before, you will never wake up and go, oh, today I'm going to search for God. That doesn't happen. No, he awakens the truth within us. He draws us to himself. And when we finally bow our knee, when, we, when he is revealed to us, and we see him for who he is, and we surrender our lives to him. <clears throat> we are born again of a new nature, of a new nature that does not continue to pursue evil. You're born again. You're living differently now. At least you should be. You're learning how to do things different. You're going on the ways and the paths of righteousness, of right living. You know, we're walking through the Bible and we'll pick it back up in this upcoming year. And as we're reading and we're studying the Bible and we're, and we're seeing these men and women of God 
who in their generation lived an upright life. They didn't go the way of their generation. No, they lived differently. And that's how each and every single one of us should be living in our generation, differently. Because this generation, as we know, is growing darker. But we are the light. We have the truth. We know Christ. If you're in relationship with Jesus, you know Christ. You're living different. And so you're offering the world something different in and through your life. And it's Christ. They should see Christ in us. They shouldn't continue to see us. They should see Christ in us. These past two weeks as I've been laying in that bed sick and I've been thinking about him and his goodness, when I think about how he has transformed me, when I think about this generation and how desperately people need to know Jesus, and how people need to see Christians living a Christ-filled life, turning away from evil and doing good, seeking peace and, and, and learning how to maintain it. We're so quick to give it up. We're so quick to go our way. But in this new year, let this be our verse. Turn away from evil and do good. Psalm 34, verse 14. Search for peace and work to maintain it. In Christ. You all. In Christ. Do we really grasp the understanding of our position? That we're in Christ. As we look and as we, as we go from this place today to celebrate the new year, this new season... Have you given thought of Christ today? You see, all, He is all that matters. In this upcoming year, let that be said of your life. He is all that matters. And I know, if we're still caught up and entangled in the sin that we just get so easily entangled in, it's hard to see Christ. We waller in, in self-doubt and pity and insecurities and, oh, I'm just not good enough, and, 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 we, and we get yoked with shame and guilt. But my prayer is that we would see Christ, you all. That we wouldn't allow our, our flesh to, to hinder what Christ is doing in our lives because he's greater than our flesh but he will never force himself he will never force you to love him it's a choice each and every single day to love Christ to love Jesus you're going to look different you all the world's not going to understand this love you have for him the world and your flesh is going to want to continue and the enemy is going to continue to want to provoke your desires to turn your eyes off of him and place it on the temporalness of this life. The temporalness of this life, you all. Turn from evil. Do good. That peace, you all. Everyone in this room, from what I know of your stories, comes from such a broken place. 
each of us have had to deal with a lot of brokenness. I want to encourage you all that in Christ there's peace. This peace that surpasses all understanding. This wholeness. Your bad attitudes, your addictions, your, your lack, your whatever should not continue to define you. There is this freedom, there is this hope that is only found in Christ. And His name should be exalted. A desire to grow and to mature in this peace. Because you're not going to find it in anything this world has to offer. Not in relationships. Not in, in substance or materialism. There's nothing in this world that can compare to the peace that Christ himself gives. And so let it be that this new year, stop searching elsewhere to find peace, to find identity, to find some type of wholeness or belonging. No, it's only found in Christ. You will exhaust yourself. I don't know if you've read that article that is on the, on the internet today. And it's his father who had to zip up the bag of his dead daughter who overdosed on heroin. And he writes of this experience. And I go, oh God. My people, you all, are dying. People are suffering. People are going through some really hard times. There's some sitting in here that are going through some really hard times that are wrestling with issues of life and insecurities and depression. But see, Christ has come to give us so much more, you all. Christ has come to liberate us, to set us free, to give us this peace. You have this peace, so work to maintain it. Grow in your knowledge of Christ. You're not growing as a Christian if you're not seeking Him. The Bible says that if you seek him, you will find him. If you seek him with your whole heart, not a divided heart, not a heart that keeps going their way, not a heart that keeps playing all the junk of your life over and over and over, but a heart that says, no, God, if you offer this, I want it. Have you ever been so desperate? Like this peace, like this wholeness, can you imagine your life being different, you all? Is your life different? It ought to be. You shouldn't keep making the same decisions that are keeping you enslaved and in bondage to the same lifestyle. Not if you're in Christ. If you're in your flesh, that's all you know. That's all you'll do. But if you're claiming the name of Christ, <clears throat> then live differently. Live as a Christian. Serve and love as Christ has come to serve and to love. 
Humble yourself. Stop getting caught up in the things of this world and laughing along with those who are heading straight to hell. No, it's time to do away with evil. To do what's right. To, to seek for peace and to maintain it. Like, I don't want to give up my peace. I don't want to give it up. Because what is worth giving it up? For what? For just a moment of brief, of excitement that my flesh enjoys? And then it fades away to nothing? Oh, you all. Let this new year be a year that you truly understand what it means to be whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Not perfect, but whole. And where does it come from? It can only come from Christ. So if I'm not abiding in Him, then I'm not understanding it. So you have to abide in Him. You have to seek Him. You have to hunger for Him. And He gives that to you. He longs to be in that intimate relationship with you because you belong to Him. He is fashioned. He has formed you. He's the one who numbered the hairs on your head. He's the one who has prepared good works for you to do way before you were placed in the womb. Like God, you all, the Almighty God, has purposed your life. And how sad it is if you keep choosing not to live on purpose. You're just going about it. Just going about it. Life should be different for us as Christians. We were once this way, now we're this way. This is what was once used to define us, now this is what defines us. And it's just taking steps. It's just moving forward. It's just that hope that it's in Christ that even if you slip back, you get up and you move forward. It's a moving forward. It's not a stagnant walk. It's not a walk that keeps going backwards. No, it's a walk that just keeps moving forward. It's the hope that we have in Christ. It's the good news that we can share for others who are perishing. Go to <clears throat> Philippians Chapter 1, verse 6. Philippians 1, verse 6. And I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Thank God you all. Again, he's the one who's begun this work in you, and he is faithful to complete it. He is faithful to complete it, you all. Such good news. <clears throat> so the next time you're down and out and beating yourself up, go to this verse and remind yourself that it's God who's begun this work in you. It's God who, who is faithful to complete it. You don't have to carry the burden of, of, of being the perfect Christian. 
Because the, the life in Christ is not burdensome. His yoke is easy and his easy and his burden is light. He's begun this work in you. He will continue his work, not your work, in you until finally you are united with Christ. Jesus, you all. The hope of his return, the hope of being united with him, the hope of eternity with Jesus, not settling for the temporalness of this world, but this hope, this eternal hope that is in Christ and in Christ alone. There's no other religion that offers this. There's nothing else that offers this. Only Christ, only Jesus offers this hope of eternity. And Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. There's no other way to God but through Jesus. Oh, such great love displayed on the cross. Such great power displayed in his resurrection that sin and death are defeated. Sin and death, defeated. The hope that we have to live liberated lives in freedom. It's the most craziest thing to continue to preach freedom, 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 and people stay enslaved. People don't even pay attention. You're sitting here today and you're hearing a message of freedom that will liberate your life. That will change your very existence. And that the enemy is clouding your mind. Hindering you from hearing the truth of God's word. Liberating you and changing you into the fullness of, of Christ. His provision for your life. His eternity that he offers. And yet we will get up from this place and we will go our own way. And I pray it not be so, but I'm afraid it is so. So that's why I'm hoping and I'm praying for this new year. Is that we will not continue to do evil. That we would seek after what is right. That we will receive his peace and we would maintain it. Because in the end, it's just you and God. In the end, you have to stand before him and give an account. In the end, either you will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me. I do not know you. I know we like to believe that everyone is going to heaven. But that's not so. It's not so. Jesus himself has said that. Not everyone is going to heaven. Well, I went to church. Well, I did good. What does that have to do with anything? You can go to church every time the door is open and still go to hell. You can be a good person and still go to hell. The only safe guard that you have against an eternity separated from God is through Jesus. It's the acceptance of Christ Jesus and then living it out. It has to be a lifestyle. 
It has to be a life that is being transformed by the power of God. It's the power of God that transforms us to live differently. And we talked about this here before. The Bible only warns you to stay away from such people. And these are the people who say they're Christians and don't live the life. The Bible says have nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with them. Because their father is the devil. They follow the deceiver. They put on a show. They can write the nice scriptures on their Facebook. They can say things here and there. But reality, there is no fruit in their life, you all. And they think they're saved, and they're not. Have nothing to do with them. Nothing. Think about that. Because ultimately what they do is they lead people to hell. Just like the Pharisees, just like the Sadducees, just like the religious people of Jesus' day, these people held a form of religion, and yet they did not know God. They tried to tell others about God and how they should live and the laws and do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that, and yet in and of themselves they were so far from God. You see, again, it's God who begins this work in us. It's God who is faithful to complete it. It's this life that is surrendered to God. It's a life that is born again of a new nature. I'm living differently now. I'm not living perfectly. I'm living differently now. No, I used to go this way. Now I'm going this way. You have to take every thought captive that is contrary to his truth. That's what the Bible says. Because how does he transform us? By changing the way we think? Has your thoughts changed? Has your desires changed? Because they ought to be changing. They ought to be changing. Because your life is to be an offering. See, no greater love than this will ever be displayed to creation than a life that is laid down. First Jesus, and then he calls us to that life. Lay your life down. <coughs> Come, follow me. And he will show us the way in which we ought to be living, you all. So in this new year, seek him. Cry out to him. Help me, Jesus. I don't want to continue to go the ways of evil. I don't want to continue to go the ways of my flesh. I don't want to continue to go the ways of insecurities and making bad choices and decisions. I want to go your way. I lay my life down. And whatever's needed to honor you, I'll do it. I'll get rid of whoever, whatever. I just want to honor you, Jesus. Well, that should be the desire for a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, for right living. For right living. To maintain peace in the midst of chaos, in the midst of craziness. To maintain peace, 
No, I'm not giving it up. No, I'm maintaining it in Christ. Because that's where my hope is. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13 through 25, and then chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. We've read this before you all, but I want to put it back before us. It's a call to holy living. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Do you realize that you're your own worst enemy? Have you realized that yet? I know we like to blame our mama and our daddies and our grandparents and everyone else for our mistakes and our horrible lives. But your horrible life is you. Your horrible life is your choices. It don't matter what your mama did, what your daddy did, what your grandparents did, what your dog did. It's you. It's First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. is where I'm starting. Reality is, it's, your, it's you. It's you choosing to go the way you want to go. I know it's easy for us to blame everyone else because it keeps us stuck. But reality is it's you. It's your choices that you're making. And so this scripture opens up and says, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Think clearly and exercise self-control. And you already know in and of yourself you can't. In and of yourself you're going to mess things up. So that's why as Christians we have the hope that is in Christ to say, I can live differently. So Jesus, teach me. Holy Spirit, show me. Church, hold me accountable. That's why you have church. That's why we have a precious gift of fellowship to hold each other accountable, to think clearly, and to exercise self-control. Because we're all growing in this newness of life. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. He's our comforter. He's our teacher. He's our guide. Whatever's happening in your life right now is begun by the choices you're making. No matter how old you are or how young you are. If you make wrong choices, you're going to reap wrong results. Remember in Genesis? The Bible says, if you do what is right, will you not be rewarded? But sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is to master you, but you must master it. (coughs) Think clearly. Practice self-control. It'll get you further than you've ever been in your life. self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So listen to this. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living 
to satisfy your own desires. Do you know how clear this is? <coughs> Listen to that. How are we to live as God's obedient children? And then it cautions us, don't slip back to your old ways. Listen, I tell you all, all the time, don't be shocked when Christians fall. <coughs> don't be shocked when they go back to their old life. That's all they know. That's all I know. That's all you know. But we are cautioned here. Don't slip back. Don't go back. Not even for a second. Don't even look back. Remember, your progression is to be going forward. Forward. In your Christian life, you're to be going forward. Not remaining stagnant, not looking back, but going forward. Don't slip back. And to your old ways of living, and the reason why is because you want to satisfy your desires. Do you see that in that scripture? The only reason why you will ever turn back to what's behind you is because you want to satisfy those desires within you. Oh, but may we be a people this new year that we're satisfied in Christ. Because the only reason why I'm going to look back is because Christ isn't enough for me. He doesn't satisfy me. So I'm going to go back to what I know. That's why the Bible tells us over and over. Especially gives us this incredible picture. Don't be like the dog that returns to his vomit and then laps it up. Stop living that way. And again, it's not about beating yourself up, but just recognize, wait a minute, I have an opportunity to live differently in this world. If I follow Christ, if I accept such free gift of salvation and his love, that he will empower me to make better choices, to, to live and with, a, with the understanding that I have peace of a wholeness, that I can live differently? Why wouldn't you want that? And it's not about building up the treasures on this earth. It's not, it's not about having all the wealth of the world. No, it's about the peace that surpasses all understanding. And if in that Christ blesses you materially, then recognize it's not for you, it's to give to others. See, it's all about Him. But the reason why we go back, the reason why we partake, because the reality of our truth is he's not satisfying us. Ask yourself why you did what you did yesterday, the day before, or maybe even this morning that you know you shouldn't have done. The only reason why is because Christ wasn't enough for you. And why isn't he enough for you? Because he's not holding anything back. You're holding yourself back from him. Give yourself to him. <clears throat> Give your whole being to him. That means you're going to have to let some people go. You're going to have to let things go in your lives. And the reality is, is you won't have to let them go. They'll just leave because you're not doing the same things that you did before. So they're not going to hang around. They're going to think something's wrong with you. You're not going to be caught up in the drama and the chaos and all that blah, blah, blah stuff. You're not going to be laughing at their jokes, going where they're going, doing what they're doing. You're going to be living differently. And hopefully, 
expressing to them and giving them the hope that is in Christ that you have found, that hopefully they will turn to Christ and go the way of Christ. But if not, trust me, after a while, they're going to fall away out of your life. Because the two cannot be yoked together. If you are yoked to an unbeliever, whether it's in a relationship, friendship, whatever, and their life is more impacting your life, how sad. Because your life should be impacting theirs. And if it's not, then what are you doing? And what are you doing? In fact, the believer actually shouldn't be romantically involved with an unbeliever. So if you want to talk about the romance side of it, shouldn't even be involved with someone who is still broken. living for themselves working out of their insecurities because nothing good is going to come from it there is a way in which you ought to be living you all it says here at that time when you lived before Christ you didn't know any better so look what it says here so you must live as God's obedient children don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. Before you came to know Christ, you didn't know any better. Now that you're learning of Christ, you're learning. And you're growing. And so you know better. No, I'm not to partake of that any longer. I'm not to give myself to that any longer. I'm not to touch that. I'm not to see this. I'm not to hear this. No, I'm not to live like that any longer. Because I'm different. And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in this land. This earth is not your home. You're to live as a foreigner now. You're to live as a foreigner. And you're to live with the fear of God. I mean, when you think what scripture says, don't live in fear of man. Live in fear of the one who can not only destroy your body, but also send you to hell. This fear of God. Not that you have to be afraid that he's going to send a lightning bolt and zap you every time you do something wrong. No, but this fear of of understanding of his holiness. Like, God, why... Do I continue to go back to my own ways and my own desires? Why don't I have a fear of you? We need that fear. I don't want to go back. God, you are holy. You are holy. I've been thinking about this (coughs) over these past couple weeks. What is wrong with the church today? This church and the church. Our culture is running amok. And we're running right alongside them. 
What is wrong? The church is set apart. The church is the bride of Christ. The church, she used to be living a holy life. A life unto Christ. A life set apart for his use to be the light of the world. Not to be entangled with sin, not to be entangled with the ways of the world. There is such a great deception that is taking place that, that, that's causing people to believe that they're saved and they're not. There's such a deception taking place that, oh, His grace would just cover us. It's His grace, it's His grace, it's His grace. But His grace is the power to transform us. It's not the excuse to keep sinning. Like we serve a risen God, y'all. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We need to see Him for who He is and we need to have a reverent fear of Him. Like, oh God. Like, when's the last time you did something that you shouldn't have done that you actually felt that, oh, God, and you stopped doing it? Or have you keep, or you keep doing what you know you ought not to be doing and not even fearing God? Because you keep doing it. You keep saying the things you shouldn't say. You keep doing the things you, you shouldn't do. And it doesn't matter. It's like you just trample on his blood as if it's common. It means nothing. That's not a Christian. Oh, let this new year be a year that we really grasp the concept of, of, of what it is to live a life afresh and anew in Christ, born again. Who are you now? In Christ. Begin to live. You've been gifted. You've been, you, he's distributed gifts among us. He's called you as his own. Live as such. To have a fear of him. It says here, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you, verse 18, from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold and silver. It was with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless spot, the Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Through Christ you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. This is what God did for us, you all. He gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I'm afraid we've grown accustomed to just hearing that scripture and not believing it. Oh, he did it, so... Oh, but we shouldn't be so flippant about it. Like he shed his blood for you. He paid the price for you. That you would be restored to God. Romans 5.1 says, Now therefore you're at peace with God through Jesus Christ your Lord. Peace. 
Verse 22, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. When you really grasp the fullness of who He is and what He is offering us, how can you keep denying it? How can you keep denying Him? No, you crave, you long to grow for nourishment of this newness of life. When the baby is born, a physical baby, if you don't feed it, what happens? It dies. And there's a lot of newborn spiritual babies dying because they're not receiving any nourishment of the Word. That's why it's vital, you all, that you're in the Word, that you're abiding in Christ, that you're learning. In this new year, do not go into this new year apart from Christ. Holding just a form of religion and denying his power. No, the power of Christ transforms. Your life needs to transform. People need to be impacted because of your life in Christ. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 through 25. For God called you to do good even if it meant suffering just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. Remember the call of a disciple? Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. This is a new life, you all. You are to walk in his steps. It says here, He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, not threaten revenge, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judged fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd. I love this. The guardian of your souls. Mm. You were once like people who kept wandering away from truth. But not this year. Let this be a year where you 
gaze upon your shepherd, the guardian of your soul, and allow him to bring out what he has purposed your life to be. Go to Second Thessalonians. <clears throat> Verse 1. I'm sorry. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. My prayer for us this new year. These two verses. Verse Thess- I mean, 2 Thessalonians, I'm sorry. Chapter 1, verse 11 through 12. 2 Thessalonians. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. And then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live. And you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live. Can that be said of your life? It ought to be. Especially as you enter into this new year. Do away with evil. Do what is right. Seek after peace and work hard to maintain it. Come on, you all. Let's live out this Christian life. Let's live out this Christian life. How sad it is to con- continually to gather to hear the truth and it not impact your life. It's not because of the preacher. It's not because of you, the church. It's because of you. You're choosing not to apply the truths to your lives. And why would you when your life can be transformed in an instant? The hope that can be given to you to endure whatever you're facing. To think clearly and to practice self-control. To allow your light shine ever so bright this upcoming year, that other lives would be impacted and his kingdom would advance. Amen? Amen. I'm going to close us with this ending here. Corey Russell praying and another prayer and then with a song and then I'll close us in prayer.
days of my salvation 20 years ago I caught a hold of Matthew 5 where Jesus says blessed happy are the ones who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled those words jumped off the pages and laid hold of me I made a vow in my early days I would be the hungriest man that had ever lived I had no clue what I was praying what I was asking I didn't know what it would look like but I'm like God I want to live forever grateful for all you've done forever more hungry for the more of God never let me be satisfied never let me fall complacent but God would you constantly wound me with fresh hunger for you all the days of my life and over the last 20 years I have found that prayer coming back to the forefront again and again and again I have found over the last 20 years that whenever God wants to birth a new season in my life he will always birth a new hunger in my heart a new hunger for more it's in those seasons that I become disillusioned with my own life and my own place of intimacy with God intimacy with the word power and holiness and it's in those seasons where I become disillusioned that he wounds me afresh saying, Corey, there is more. And as he wounds me, I begin to cry out, God, give me more. I want the blessing of hunger and thirst. I want righteousness in every area of my life, my soul. I want that rawness, that desperation, that, that reach of my heart for more of God. And he's always answered me with this cry. And today, God, I cry out, God, birth a new hunger for you in my heart. Birth a new hunger in my life for you, Jesus. You show us in the Gospels that there are simply people who laid hold of you and received things from you that other people did not receive. Their levels of humility and desperation and hunger, they provoke me, Jesus. When I read of the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, she had no plan B's. Her daughter was severely demon-possessed and she comes to you. And it's so messy, it's so ugly. And yet she comes to you and says, please set my daughter free. Set my daughter free. And you didn't even answer her. She pressed through the first denial and she went after the disciples saying, if I won't get it from you, I'm going to get it from your disciples. And the disciples cried after you saying, Jesus, get her away from us. This is uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's messy. You said that you were only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But what did she do? She came and she worshiped before you and she says, Lord, help me.
you then declared, you said, it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. You called her a dog. You cut her deeply, but you're not even worth. What did she do? She took that offensive statement from you and she turned it into intercession. She goes, yes, Lord. But even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. My gosh. She could care less about what she looked like in front of other people. She care less. She care less. She goes, I am a little dog and I'll take anything that falls from your table, Jesus. Jesus, I want to be like that woman. You, you turn quickly and you say, great is your faith. You have what you desire and the daughter was set free. God, I want a hunger, God, that presses through all the barriers, all the denials, all the obstacles, all the offenses. I want to press through it all and turn it into intercession. Make me like this woman, Jesus. Release a raw, desperate, ravenous hunger for more of you in my soul for breakthrough. I want greater breakthrough of you in, in my soul. I want greater intimacy with you, Jesus. I want greater intimacy in your word, Jesus. David cried it in Psalm 119. He says, my soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. Oh, my soul breaks with longing. Jesus, I want to be like blind Bartimaeus. In Mark 10, it says that you came into Jericho. And as you were leaving Jericho, this blind man began to cry out from the depths of his soul, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. All the people around him began to tell him to shut up, be quiet. This is not a time to look messy. This is a time to look refined. But he cried out all the more. He pressed through everybody's opinions of him. He cried out all the more, make me like that man, Jesus. I want to press through what other people think. I want to press through what my own soul tells me. You stopped. You stopped dead in your tracks, Jesus. And you asked that blind man one question. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus. You became a blind man's servant. He goes, I want to see. My prayer today, Jesus, is that I want to see you. I want greater intimacy with you. I want greater encounter with you. I want greater fellowship with you, Holy Spirit. I want to feel what you feel, know what you know, think how you think. I want to see. God, raise up a generation, Lord, that would cry like Bartimaeus, that would press through the religious, that would press through the dullness of their own hearts until you stop dead in your tracks. Make me like the woman with the issue of blood. She spent all of her livelihood on physicians and she could not be healed by any. 
But something came into her heart and it was that if I could get a hold of the hem of his garment, I would be healed. She pressed through the crowds. She pressed through the people. And she laid hold of you, Jesus. She touched you. You didn't touch her. She touched you. I want to touch you. I want to touch you. I want those words to come out of your mouth like they did for her when you said, who touched me? Who touched me? I don't want to just be around you, Jesus. I want to touch you. Oh, God, I want to pull your life. Pull your power, pull your virtue out of your life, into my life, into my family, into my home, into my region. God, I want to pull it. Release a spiritual hunger, God, that would pull on you and to see breakthrough in my own life, see breakthrough in my own family, breakthrough in my own city. I want to touch you, Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. Oh, John G. Lake said it. If there's one gift that I could give to mankind, it would be the gift of hungering for God. It doesn't matter whether you're a stay-at-home mom or I'm a pastor or a person. It doesn't matter what I do in this life. But that there's one irreversible law of the kingdom and it's called hunger. You will not deny a hungry person. You will not deny a hungry man, a hungry woman, a hungry child. But you will fill them. God, I ask you to raise up and release a Psalm 42 people in this hour as the deer pants for the water brooks. So pants my soul after you, O God. My soul thirst for God, the living God. But all the voices around me tell me to give up. When I see no breakthrough in sight, I will thirst for you, Jesus. When your waves and your billows crash over me, I will thirst for you, Jesus. When doors seem to be locked and shut, I will not, Jesus. When I see no breakthrough in sight, I will press, Jesus. This is my prayer to the God of my life. Baptize me with spiritual hunger all the days of my life. From glory to glory to glory, God. Never let me arrive until I see you face to face. Never let me settle, Jesus, until I see you face to face. Wound me with spiritual hunger. Wound me with desperation. Wound me, Jesus, all the days of my life. Cut me again. 
never want to become domesticated. I never want to become a professional Christian or a professional minister. I want to be desperate for you, Jesus. So I ask you right now, baptize me with longing. Baptize me with thirst. Baptize me with hunger. Panting after you, Jesus. I ask you, Father, right now, all over the earth, wound a generation with spiritual hunger. Open the floodgates of heaven over them and undo them with your glory.
Jesus. 